This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. How would you feel if your car only started once out of every two, two or three times? Would you, would you consider it to be a good car? Now what if the mailman only came to your house a couple times a week? Would you consider him to be reliable? What if the electricity only worked occasionally when you flipped the light switch? Would you call the electric company to complain? We tend to set a high standard of expectation in the things we want, don't we? What if we applied the same standards to church as we do other areas of our lives? If you fail to worship God one or two Sundays a month, would you expect to be called a faithful Christian? We expect loyalty and reliability from things and other people. Isn't it reasonable then that God just might expect that same level of reliability and loyalty from us? when it comes to worshiping his son? What brought you here this afternoon? Was it your desire to fill your heart with more of Jesus? Was it an eagerness to be in the house of the Lord, giving him all of you all over again? Or was it a sense of obligation since you are involved in a ministry? Was it habit? Is coming to church something you do Or is it something you need? One Sunday morning, a mother yelled upstairs to her son, who just wouldn't get out of bed. She said, this is your last chance. You get up so you can get ready to go to church. The son yelled back down, I don't want to go to church today. The mother yelled up, you have to, you're the pastor. There are times when all of us might want to just stay home for one reason or another, but there should also be one underlying reason that, that keeps us coming back. And... That one reason should be our desire to worship our Savior, having a feeling of closeness with Him that is so personal we can no longer stay away from church and we can keep from eating. Now let's look a little closer at our gospel for today. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. As Jesus and His disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away from her. Jesus had just given the parable of the Good Samaritan to show how we are supposed to love our neighbor and Now he is using the situation with the two sisters to show how we are supposed to love our God. Martha's home was located in the small village of Bethany, which was just outside of Jerusalem. By the way, scripture says it was her home, so it appears uh, that Martha was a widow and therefore was the head of the household. In verse 38 it says, Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, Martha was Mary and Lazarus' sister, and they lived with her. These were friends of Jesus, and he had been there many times before. He found love here. But we were going to see that the sisters expressed their love for him in very different ways. People have different temperaments. We know that all too well. Some are active 
And these people always need to be busy, never able to sit still. Now, others are thoughtful, willing to sit back and think things through. Martha is a very actively oriented person, while her sister Mary, however, appeared to have a more thoughtful nature. Now, I've heard some preachers say we should always be like Mary and less busy like Martha. And I've heard other preachers say we should be more like Martha, always being productive with no idleness in our lives. I believe the Lord wants us to be like Mary in our worship, and like Martha in our work. If we, were, if we were, we'd receive a balance of both. Mary is content to sit at Jesus' feet, soaking up the word while not doing anything else. But her big sister Martha looked around at all the guests and saw the need to prepare food so they could have something to eat. Martha was the type of worker who would see the situation and say, what a privilege, what a privilege it is for me to prepare a meal for the master. Now Mary, on the other hand, would say, what a privilege it is for me to sit at the feet of the master. Is one right and the other wrong? No. Duty and devotion are both necessary, but there must be a balance, a, a balance where neither one would hinder us from exhibiting the other. Everything we do and every relationship we have demands focus. When we focus properly, we succeed. When we lose our focus, we begin to fail. And the longer we go without focus, the worse our circumstances get. This afternoon, I want us to take a look at the story of Mary and Martha and see what it might teach us about the cost of losing one's focus. It was a loss of focus that made Martha start. Feeling sorry for herself. Now Luke 10.40 describes Martha's preoccupation with her household duties. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked the Lord, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And we have all had unexpected guests show up for dinner and know how frustrating that is, haven't we? You can identify with, with what Martha felt. The verse I just read says that Martha was distracted. I think it was more of a sense of being pulled away from, from something else she wanted to do. The implication is that, that she too wanted to sit and listen to Jesus, but she felt compelled to put that off so she could take care of everyone else's needs. Now we can begin to understand why she is a bit testy. We should take our responsibility seriously, but not to the point where we lose our proper perspective on other things going on around us. The problem was not what Martha was doing. It was the attitude she held while doing it. She let herself become uh, unbalanced. She wanted to sit and listen, but felt compelled to go and do. How many of us have the wrong attitude in our lives? Something, something may not go our way, or we may think we have been slighted and we start carrying a grudge. Not good. One of the reasons this is a problem is because this simply is not a Christian behavior. In fact, it is a sin. And we are told not to sin in our anger. But when we hold something against somebody, it only festers bigger and bigger. It becomes unforgiveness. And if we cannot forgive someone else, God said he will not forgive us. Within the church, we find a very unique problem that most of society does not have. You want to be involved in some kind of ministry. So you find a ministry that you can serve in. And you, you throw all of yourself into it. But you still have jobs. 
families and other obligations in your lives. This causes many to be overworked or have too much on your plate. But this tendency to consistently be busy causes us to lose our focus. We are trying to do too many things without having enough time to do any of them properly. This was where Martha found herself, too busy to focus. It was her loss of focus that made Martha feel sorry for herself. And it was that lack of focus that also caused her to be angry at her sister, Mary. Our world is full of distractions. And the more pressure, the more tempting it is to focus on the distractions rather than the important. You know, I think Martha wanted to honor Jesus, but she saw her priority as fixing a meal to make, her, to make sure others were taken care of. I think many of us can identify with that. Many of us have also experienced a situation similar to the following. You begin the task of making a huge meal, like you would at, say, Thanksgiving or Christmas. You start with the greatest of enthusiasm. But as day progresses, you begin to realize that you're running out of time and you cannot possibly finish everything that you plan to do. When that happens, you get angry. Angry with yourself for being in this situation and angry with anyone else who might have hindered you at accomplishing your goal. Martha was like that. The harder she worked, the more worked up she became. I'm reminded of a very old saying which pretty much describes her situation perfectly. It says, the hurrier I go, the behinder I get. Some people burn out in service to others, but that day Martha was burned up in hers. It's bad enough to feel as if everything rests on your shoulders. It's even worse when we see someone who doesn't seem to be pulling their own weight and which puts even more pressure on us. That is what I see happening to Martha. We become tense and pressure increases when we try to perform wrong tasks or when we try to do too many things in a short period of time. We end up developing a spirit of negativity and that causes us to judge others and only see how they are hindering us from accomplishing our goals. Whenever we feel this unloving feeling towards others, we are out of line with God's will. We must recognize this and ask for his forgiveness and ask him for strength. In Ephesians 4.26 we are told to not sin in our anger. That can be very difficult. When we lose our focus, we will end up sinning, just like Martha did. She started finding fault with her sister. Second part, uh, the second part of verse 40, Martha finally explodes and comes boiling out of the kitchen, probably in a huff, and says to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. At this point, Martha is so upset, she doesn't even call Mary by name but refers to her as my sister. I think Martha represents all of us at different points in our lives. We begin to think only of what we need or what we want and we forget that other people may have different needs and wants. As much as Martha had a need to serve others, Mary had a need to worship Jesus. We all have our own paths to follow. And to be good Christians, we must love others enough to let them have their priorities. However, when a genuine problem comes up, conflicting their priorities and our priorities, a loving conversation must, be, must take place, not an upset commentary. 
Martha's loss of that godly focus caused her to get upset. But it also caused her to question whether Jesus even cared for her. As, many goers, as, as Mary goes in to talk to Jesus about her problem, which is increasingly frustrating her, a spirit of selfishness is all too evident in her voice. It's like she is saying, Lord, make sure I get my way on this. In a sense, she's actually accusing Jesus of not caring. Martha linked Jesus' caring about her to his telling Mary to get in the kitchen and help her fix dinner for everyone. But that's not how Jesus teaches us to care for one another, is it? Do we ever accuse Jesus of not caring because he didn't give us what we wanted when we wanted it? Martha's problem was that she expected Mary to serve and worship Christ in Martha's way, not Mary's way. And I think we sometimes expect others to do things the right way, or at least what we consider the right way. In actuality, it's probably only one of many ways to accomplish something, but we just think our way is the best and therefore the only or right way to do it. This includes how we love, honor, and worship Jesus. We want them to do so just like we do, and if they don't, we automatically consider what they're doing is wrong. Now, what can we learn from this lesson? Well, in Luke 10, 41 through 42, Jesus responds to Martha by saying, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus responds with tenderness. He did not rebuke her for making the meal. Martha's problem was not that she was preparing food for her guests, but that she gave too much importance to it. Today we still have to be careful that we not let the things we do become, a, become more important to us than the one we serve. Martha thought she needed most right then was to have her sister help her in the kitchen. In reality, what she needed most was a new perspective. Jesus gave her what she needed, not that she thought she needed. And Jesus continues to do that for us today. He shows us through the Holy Spirit when we need to change what attitudes we need to keep, and what attitudes we need to lose. Every Christian must remember this truth. If we forget Jesus while serving him, we will end up quitting him. Unless we take the time to worship him personally, we will not really know how to serve him properly. Worship without serving is powerless. Serving without worship is directionless. Serving after worshiping produces and balances clearly revealing our path we have been provided. I don't want to close our story of these two sisters without understanding the part they play in biblical history. There are two great confessions about who Jesus really was. One was given by Martha in John 11, verse 27. Yes, Lord, replied Martha, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. The other great confession was given, that is given is found in Matthew verse 16, chapter 16, verse 16, which Jesus asked Peter who he thought he was. And Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Take note also that Mary is found elsewhere in Scripture, and each time she's at the feet of Jesus. One of those instances is perhaps the most moving picture of sacrificial worship in the Bible. John, verse 12, 1 through 3. Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, 
There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly perfume and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet dry with her hair. And the house was filled with fragrance of that oil. Now she was severely criticized by at least one disciple for her wasteful action. But did she quit because of the criticism? No. She was also one of the women at the tomb on the morning of the resurrection. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, you learn not to quit because of other people criticized you. You learn to turn the other cheek and keep doing what works for you. In Matthew 26, verse 13, Jesus honors Mary wherever this gospel is preached in the world. What this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. These two passages concerning Martha's confession and Mary's worship give evidence that both these sisters achieved the balance between duty and devotion. I sometimes wonder if today's Christians have been able to accomplish the same. So where is your focus this afternoon? Have you been more concerned with accomplishing your duties without taking the time necessary to personally worship Jesus? Or have you been so involved in worshiping him that you haven't actually accomplished anything for him? We are called to have balance in our relationship with Jesus as with everything we do. James chapter 1 verse 22 reminds us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks in the mirror and as soon as he walks away forgets what he looks like. But the one who listens to the word and then begins to do what it says will be blessed in what he does. Now I've asked this question several times recently but as I ask it again today I want you to really think about it. Why are you here this afternoon? Are you here to worship Jesus? Are you here to serve Jesus? I would hope you, and I would hope and pray that you are here to worship Him and then take what you learn and put it to active use in your life to serve Him. Either one without the other is incomplete. Worship does not satisfy our hunger for Jesus. In fact, it actually whets our appetite for more of Him. Our need for Jesus is not fulfilled by worshiping alone. Therefore, when we take what we worship and receive it and strive to put it into use in our daily lives, we become more complete in Jesus. We talk a lot about serving and worshiping Jesus, but to be able to serve Him or be able to worship Him, we must know exactly who He is and what He offers. So here's what I know of Jesus. Jesus is Christ. He is the living Son of the living God. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He always was, he still is, and he will always be. He cannot be moved, changed, or defeated. He was hurt so he could bring about healing. He died so that he might give life. The world can't understand him. The world can't defeat him. The world can't explain him. Although the world tries to, it cannot ignore him. Many have tried, but he can't be replaced. 
Jesus is the fulfillment of God. His ways are right and his word is eternal. His will is unchanging and his mind is on me. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my guide. And he is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. And he rules my life. I serve him because he wants a relationship with me. He will never leave me, nor will he ever forsake me. Every time I fall, he picks me up. And every time I ask, he gives me forgiveness. I am his, and he is mine. The devil is stronger than I am, but he is no match for my Savior. Amen. He said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I love him because he loved me. That is who my Jesus is. And that is why I strive to worship him as best I can. And is why I strive to serve him every way I can, whenever I can. So who is the Jesus that you know? Do you know him well enough to honestly answer that question without a doubt in your mind, heart, and soul? It's okay if your answer isn't yes for now. As long as you're still doing everything you can to get to that point that you can answer the question, who is the Jesus that you know without hesitation and with total honesty and conviction? A good place to start is with today's lesson of keeping focus by balancing duty and devotion and that serving after worshiping produces power and balance which clearly reveals our path that we have been provided. Amen. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. That's feedback at DallasUOC.com. Feedback at DallasUOC.com. That's what you email that. It's very simple here. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Let's go. Prayer requests. Um, if you have a prayer request and you would like to have us pray for you here, uh, we pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. You can request that your prayers be anonymous or you can use your name. You can ask me to pray for you during the week. You can also ask for us that we pray during our Sunday service and we will add you to our prayers and intercession. The entire congregation will pray for you. Again, you can remain anonymous or leave us your name. Um, all you have to do to do this is give us an email at pray at dallasulc.com. That's pray at dallasulc.com. Also, a good place if you want to have a service dedicated to a loved one, either alive or gone, pray at dallasulc.com. We had a podcast. I heard a rumor. We have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, guys, we do have a podcast. Um, it's uh, it's going okay. Um, it's slacked off a little bit. Um, I'm I'm kind of concerned about that, but you know, in ordinary time, I, I don't want to say it this way. It, it things people lose some interest. We're kind of getting some nitty gritty stuff on the Bible. It's just basic, but it's important. I have to just stress that the stuff we're learning is basic Christianity here, basic uh, life skills. And but it's important. It's, it's not the only other fun stuff about you know 
Why people rising from the dead and all these wonderful things? And we don't have all the and the hoopla and the la di da and the and the you know all that. So it's it, people kind of call this a boring time, ordinary time. Oh, it's just ordinary time. Well, you know, without this ordinary time, we wouldn't understand most of the Bible. So anyway, it'll pick back up. Anyway, back to the podcast, which, which we're just gonna pick back up. Um, you can check out our podcast by simply going to your browser and searching for Your Path with Bishop Mark. It's simple. Searching Your Path with Bishop Mark. Or you can check out one of our providers that you're going to see the logos for now coming up on the screen. Um, and any of these 12 providers uh, currently host our, um, our podcast. And we thank all of them for doing such. Um, you know, Anchor is actually our home provider. But they, um, uh, what is it called? Syndicate? What is it called? When they send it out um, and make sure that we're seeing as many places as we can possibly be seen. Okay? There you have it. Your path with Bishop Martin. Just go search for it. You'll like it. You'll love it. Now, that being said, that being said, unfortunately it does cost money to cost something, as we talked about today in our service. It costs something to do this, to, to be ministers, to, to offer our our way of life to the world. So, there are a couple ways you can donate with uh, for Dallas Universal Life Church and for our podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash bishopmark slash support. That's for the podcast. Um, you can make a donation there for our podcast to help us keep that going. Um, we sorely need the money. We need help. Um, our, our, our equipment is starting to get a little old and um, start to falter a little bit and it's making it very challenging for us to keep going. And it, it's um, we're not being able to minister as much as we'd like to because we're dealing with more technical issues. You can also go to DallasULC.com. Um, there's a couple of ways to donate there. It's all that's our website. It's all kinds of information there about us and about how to donate to our church and how to come visit us as well. You can also at smile.amazon.com. Smile.amazon.com. If you just choose Dallas ULC, Amazon will donate 0.5%, percent oh, half a percent of your um, ticket every time you make a sale, make a, a buy towards two dollars universal lecture. So in other words, if you buy something that's a penny, we'll get a half a penny out of it. Is that right? No, no. A dollar, we get a half a penny out of it. Every half penny? No, no, that's not happening. A dollar, every, every dollar you put, you pay, we get a half a penny. That's the way it works. It's, you know what, it's something. And if, if we have a bunch of people doing it, we chase them, we'll do okay, because we still, we get about 20 bucks a month just for me. You know? So, look, we, we, I don't take a salary. None of these guys here who help out during the week and help out during setup and everything else, nobody here takes a salary. It's all voluntary. Um, we donate our time and our money and our abilities to make this happen for ourselves and for God and for you out there. Um, and we need your help to keep this going. We really do. It's getting kind of dire. Um, and the, the electric bills are going up with the, yeah. with the heat. Huh? The, the coffers are, are running low. <laughs> yeah, it's getting tough. It costs money. And I, I do ask at this time, please, if you're listening to us, if you're watching us on YouTube, whatever, please take the time and, and if you can, send us a donation. Any little bit helps. Please. Okay. Moving on. We do need volunteers. We, we always need volunteers here. We need more congregants. You know, we're here. We're trying to grow. Um, we're trying to get into a new building, but we can't do that until we have more people. So it doesn't make any sense. I mean, come join us. Come check out the church. Come see what we're like. You know, I guarantee you we'll give you at least a decent reception. Right. You may not like what we have. That's okay. You don't have to. We're not for everybody. But we are for a lot of people. And I think there's a lot of people out there that could really find themselves here. And I, I hope it's you. And I hope you come join us 
at service every Sunday at 3 o'clock right here at Dallas ULC. And then come and then, then you can volunteer and come work for us, too. And you don't have to wake up early. No, you don't have to wake up early. Well, 3 o'clock is early to some people, you know. So 3 p.m. every Sunday. Okay, guys? All right. Guess what's coming up? Walk Jane's Alzheimer's is only a couple months away. Guys, October the 5th is the Walk Jane's Alzheimer's issue. Now look, the reason I'm telling you this now is because we have an issue. None of y'all fundraise. The whole idea of this is to raise awareness, which we do by going, okay? But it's also to, yes, Gavin, you look wonderful there. You do, it's a great, great picture. The whole idea is to fundraise also for the, for the cure, okay? We're trying to, to stop this horrible disease. So you get out there and you talk to your family and your friends and your neighbors and you say, look, I'm doing a walk for, for Alzheimer's, will you sponsor me in it? And you tell them what you're doing, what it's for and what it's about. If you have, we've got pamphlets, we've got uh, all kinds of stuff. We need, we need to raise some money this year, guys. We do. We need to raise some money. Help me out. I was in the Champions Club last year. I, don't, I probably won't make it there this year. I don't have time to, to, to campaign like I did last year. To make it, and we're not, the money's just not there. I'm going to try my best. I hope you will too. I'd like to see all the Champions Club. Get a little medal. Go get some fancy drinks and stuff when everybody else is still outside. You can go out there get the, the hoo ha ha, right? So, look, if you haven't signed up yet, please see me and sign up. Anybody out there that wants to sign up, just send us an email at, uh, send me an email at uh, Reverend REV Mark at DallasULC.com. You want to join us on our team for a Walk in Alzheimer's on October the 5th in Dallas? Just give me a buzz. All right, let's move on.